ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we're now on the seventh condition from the conditions of la ilaha illallah الشرط السابع القبول المنافي للرد This condition is talking about acceptance in opposition to rejection that you must be wholeheartedly in acceptance of this the shahada and tawheed that there must be an absolute acceptance of this da'wah which has come to you. And we've already discussed before about having yaqeen, certainty, and not being in doubt over these affairs, not being in doubt over your iman or the tawheed, not being in doubt about any of these affairs, but to be certain about them all. And here it's talking about the acceptance and not rejecting anything. ودليل القبول قوله تعالى وكذلك ما ارسلنا من قبلك في قريه من نذير الا قال مترفوها ان وجدنا اباءنا على امه وانا على اثارهم مقتدون قال اولو جئتكم باهدى مما وجدتم عليه اباءكم قالوا انا بما ارسلتم به كافرون فَانْتَقَمْنَا مِنْهُمْ فَانْظُرْ كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that similarly when we sent before you to the villagers, to those people, we sent to them a warner. When those prophets and messengers were sent to the previous people, The individuals, the haughty and those who were in opposition to the prophets and messengers in those places, they would say, we found our forefathers upon a certain religion and we are going to stick with them in their footsteps. Then he mentions, say to them, What if something better a greater guidance comes to you than what your forefathers were upon. That we are with what you have been sent with, i.e. the prophets and messengers, whatever you have been sent with, they would say to them, we are going to disbelieve in you. We don't believe in you, the prophets and messengers. We're going to stay with our forefathers and what they were upon. Even when the prophets and messengers used to say to them, we have a better guidance for you than what your forefathers were upon. Tawheed. But they would say, no, we are disbelievers in you. فَانْتَقَمْنَا مِنْهُمْ So we avenged or took the revenge upon them or the punishment came upon them. فَانْظُرْ كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ So then Allah says, look at what the end result of these uh, individuals who belied the message, the ones who rejected the message. Look at what their end result was. How the punishment of Allah came upon them. 
فقوله وكذلك ما أرسلنا من قبلك من قري في قرية من نظير إلا قال مترفوها يخبر جل ثناء أن صنيع قريش ومن حولهم في ردهم دعوة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وإعراضهم عما جاء به من الحق هو شبيه بصنيع الأمم السالفة مع أنبيائهم والباعث لهؤلاء وأولئك هو التقليد للأشخاص والنحل <coughs> So the shaykh says Here Allah is telling us In this ayah That when the Quraysh rejected the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam They rejected the da'wah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Refused to accept the message and the tawheed that he came with when they rejected that and they did that, it was exactly the same as what the people had done previously in previous nations. In previous nations, in earlier nations, people had rejected the prophets and messengers. When the prophets and messengers had gone to those people, preaching to them, telling them about Tawheed, telling them about Worshipping Allah alone. They rejected that message from the prophets and messengers. They did exactly the same as what Quraysh did when Muhammad went to them. They similarly rejected and refused and they said we're going to stick to what our fathers were upon. Worshipping the idols and committing shirk. So what the Quraysh did when they rejected the prophets was the same as what those other mushrikeen from the previous nations did when they rejected their prophets who went to them. Why did they reject? <coughs> because of blind following. Blindly following their forefathers. Blindly following their communities. Saying this is what we've been taught, this is how we were raised up. So we are going to carry on upon this way. Even when the prophets and messengers had something better for them, they refused to accept. Qala Shaykh Abdurrahman ibn Nasir al-Sa'adi rahimahullah ta'ala وَكَذَلِكَ مَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ فِي قَرْيَةٍ مِنْ نَذِيرٍ إِلَّا قَالَ مُتْرَفُوهَا أي مُنْعِمُوهَا وَمَلَأُوهَا الَّذِينَ وَمَلَأُهَا الَّذِينَ أَطَغَتْهُمْ الدُّنْيَا وَغَرَّتْهُمْ الْأَمْوَالِ وَاسْتَكْبَرُوا عَلَى الْحَقِّ the luxurious ones, those who were in luxury and comfort and arrogance, they who had been deceived by their wealth and the possessions that they had, the authority, the power, the possessions, the luxury they had, they were deceived by all of this. And so they said to these prophets and messengers that we are going to stay with what our forefathers were upon. إِنَّا وَجَدْنَا آبَاءَنَا عَلَىٰ أُمَّةِ وَإِنَّا عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِ مُقْتَدُونَ We found our forefathers upon a certain way and we are going to follow them. أي فهؤلاء ليسوا ببدع منهم وليس بأول من قال بهذه المقالة So the Quraysh and these people were not the first to make this type of claim. The previous mushrikeen had done the same thing previously. وهذا الاحتجاج من هؤلاء المشركين الضالين بتقليدهم لآبائهم الضالين ليس المقصود به اتباع الحق 
So when these mushrikeen said to the prophets and messengers, we are not going to accept what you have come with, and we are going to stay with what our forefathers were upon, that was not because they wanted to follow the truth. It was not because they thought their forefathers particularly had the truth. It was simply blind following and sticking to their group that they didn't want to come out of. That's all it was. It was purely blind following of them. يُرَادُ بِهِ نُصْرَتْ مَا مَعَهُمْ مِنَ الْبَاطِلِ وَلِهَذَا كُلُّ رَسُولِ يَقُولُ لِمَنْ عَارَضَهُ بِهَذِي شُبْهَةِ الْبَاطِلَةِ أَوَلَوْ جِئْتُكُمْ بِأَهْدَى مِمَّا وَجَدْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ آبَاءَكُمْ That the prophets and messengers then used to say to them, even if we give you something better, a greater guidance than what your forefathers were upon, then will you follow me for the sake of the guidance? So it became known when the prophets and messengers said to them, we have a greater guidance. They still said we are disbelievers in you. That showed they weren't after the truth. They weren't after the truth. They were simply wanting to stick to their group and their forefathers and blindly follow whatever. Even if the prophets and messengers came with a greater guidance. Then Allah says, فَانْتَقَمْنَا مِنْهُمْ بِتَكْذِيبِهِمْ الْحَقِّ وَرَدِّهِمْ إِيَّاهِ بِهَذِهِ الشُّبْهَةِ الْبَاطِلَةِ So then Allah says that He took revenge upon them, i.e. that the punishment came upon them due to their belying of the truth, rejecting the truth, because of this false doubt that they came with, saying that they will stick to what their forefathers were upon. مَا تُفِيدُهُ الْآيَاتِ أولاً تثبيت قلب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وتصليته وأنه ليس بدعاً من المردود أقوالهم كما أن قومه ليس بدعاً من المكذبين Firstly to make firm the heart of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. To make firm the heart of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. By informing him that the Quraysh who are now rejecting you, that is not something new. The Prophets and messengers before you were rejected in the same way. So it comforts the Prophet to comfort the Prophet and to inform him that this is not something new what is happening. The mushrikeen of old from the previous Prophets and Messengers used to reject them too. And that's why it mentions in the other ayah as well. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ وَيَقُولُونَ أَإِنَّا لَتَارِكُوا آلِهَاتِنَا لِشَاعِرٍ مَجْنُونَ When it would be said to them, Say, La ilaha illallah. Or when the shahada would be mentioned to them. When the shahada would be mentioned to them, they would become arrogant. 
and haughty. And they would say, are we going to leave our gods for this mad poet? Talking about the Prophet ﷺ, that he is a <coughs> mad poet. As they used to say about him, that he is just a mad poet bringing these ayat and bringing these things. So they would reject him in this way. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grounded the heart of the Prophet ﷺ, established and comforted the heart of the Prophet ﷺ, informing him that this is not something new. Rejection of the previous prophets and messengers occurred too. Thaniyan, at-tahdir min muhalafat al-Nabi Within the ayat is a warning against opposing the Prophet There is a warning not to oppose the Prophet How is that warning? Because in the previous ayah it mentioned فَانْظُرْ كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ Look at what the end result of those who rejected and belied their prophets and messengers was. There was a severe punishment that overcame the previous people, the ones who used to reject their prophets and messengers. Allah's punishment would come upon them. So this is a warning against rejecting the Prophet ﷺ because that punishment may overcome you too. Thalithan. خطر التقليد وأنه من أعظم الصوارف عن قبول الحق والهدى The danger of blind following The danger of blind following and that it is one of the greatest reasons that turn a person away from accepting the truth Blind following is one of the greatest reasons that make a person turn away from the truth. The truth comes to you, the Quran and the Sunnah becomes apparent to you. (coughs) But because of your forefathers, because of your community, because of other reasons like that, you don't want to leave your people, so you reject that truth. This is one of the biggest reasons why a person would reject the truth and the guidance. So this is a warning in these ayat. Don't be like those people who reject the truth because you want to follow your people. When the truth comes, then you must follow it. وَمِمَّا يَدُلُّ عَلَى ذَلِكَ مَا فِي الصَّحِيحَيْنِ عَنْ سَعِيدِ بْنِ الْمُصَيِّبِ عَنْ أَبِيهِ لَمَّا حَضَرَتْ أَبَا طَالِبِ الْوَفَاهِ جاءه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فوجد عنده أبا جهل وعبد الله بن أمية بن المغيرة فقال أي عم قل لا إله إلا الله كلمة أحاج لك بها عند الله فقال أبو جهل وعبد الله بن أمية أترغب عن ملة عبد المطلب فلم يزال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يعرضها عليه ويعودان بتلك المقالة حتى قال أبو طالب آخر ما كلمهم هو على ملة عبد المطلب وأبى أن يقول لا إله إلا الله 
فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم والله لأستغفرن لك ما لم أنهى عنك فأنزل الله ما كان للنبي والذين آمنوا أن يستغفروا للمشركين فأنزل الله في أبي طالب إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء <coughs> One of the narrations which highlights this which highlights the point that it is extremely dangerous for a person to blindly follow his people and stick to what they are on even though he knows that the truth is somewhere else is the example of Abu Talib the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam when the Prophet was young and his parents had died and his grandfather had died Abu Talib began to look after the Prophet he took him in and he was looking after him and the Prophet was raised with Abu Talib Abu Talib loved him he loved his nephew Muhammad raised him and when the prophethood came Abu Talib used to defend him and protect him against the Quraysh even though Abu Talib was with the Quraysh he was a mushrik like them but he used to protect the Prophet ﷺ from them so much that the Quraysh started to have a problem with him as well and they started to harm him as well, Abu Talib even though Abu Talib was a mushrik, he wasn't even a Muslim but because he was protecting the Prophet ﷺ so much they started to dislike him and harm him as well so when he was about to die when Abu Talib was about to die the Prophet Muhammad went to visit him. Now remember, this is his uncle. He went to visit him and he said, Ay am, oh my uncle, قُلْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Say, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So the Prophet went to try and convince him to accept Tawheed before he dies. To accept the Shahada before he dies. So he went there and he said to him, say, La ilaha illallah. That will be something that you can be defended with on the day of judgment. But when he said this to him, there were two mushrikeen there as well. Abu Jahl and Abdullah ibn Umayyah. They were also at the bedside of Abu Talib. So when they heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, trying to convince Abu Talib to become a Muslim, they tried their best to convince him not to accept Islam. So they began to say to him, Are you going to go against the religion of your father, Abdul Muttalib? Are you going to go against the religion of your father, Abdul Muttalib? So when the Prophet heard them say that to him, he repeated again, Uncle, say, La ilaha illallah. <coughs> say, La ilaha illallah. And when the mushrikeen heard that, they would repeat again, Atargabu ammillati abdul muttalib. Do you, are you going to go against the religion of your father? So in the end, Abu Talib, the last thing that he said to them was that he is staying on the religion of Abdul Muttalib that he is going to die as a mushrik
So he died as a mushrik. And he did not accept Islam. So the Prophet said that I will seek forgiveness for you. I will seek forgiveness for you. Wallahi la astaghfiranna laka ma lam unha ank. I will seek forgiveness for you as long as I am not prohibited. Then the ayah was revealed. Ma kana lin-nabiyyi wal-ladhina amanu an yastaghfiru lil-mushrikin. It is not for the Prophet ﷺ or the believers to seek forgiveness for the mushrikeen. A mushrik who dies as a mushrik, then you cannot make dua for him. Died as a mushrik, then you cannot make dua for him. And this is where the ayah was also revealed. إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتِ You cannot guide whom you love. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ Rather, Allah guides whom He wills. <clears throat> then the Shaykh says, Fandur, Hadan Allah wa iyaka, Kaifa athara Abu Talib Dina abaihi wa ajdadi, wa aba an yashhada shahadat al haq. He says, look at Abu Talib. How Abu Talib refused to accept the Shahada and how he gave preference to the religion of his forefathers. Even though it is mentioned Abu Talib knew Tawheed and the Shahada and Islam was the correct religion. He knew it was the correct religion but he still didn't accept because he didn't want to leave the religion of his forefathers, he thought it would be an insult to his forefathers if he left that religion. So he didn't leave. And as a consequence, he will be in the hellfire. Then when Allah said, إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ That when it was said to those mushrikeen, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ They would be arrogant and haughty. وَيَقُولُونَ أَإِنَّا لَتَارِكُ آلِهَتِنَا Are we going to leave our gods? أَلَّتِي لَمْ يَزَلْ نَعْبُدُهَا نَحْنُ وَآبَاؤُنَا Are we going to leave these gods that we have never stopped worshipping and our forefathers have never stopped worshipping? لِشَائِرٍ مَجْنُونَ For some mad poet, are we going to leave our forefathers for the sake of a mad poet? يَعَنُونَ مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَلَمْ يَكْفِهِمْ قَبَّحَهُمُ اللَّهُ الْإِعْرَاضَ عَنْهُ وَلَا مُجَرَّدَ تَكْذِيبُهُ حَتَّى حَكَمُوا عَلَيْهِ بِأَضْلَمِ الْأَحْكَامِ وَجَعَلُوهُ شَاعِرًا مَجْنُونًا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ لَا يَعْرِفُ الشِّعْرَ وَلَا شَعْرًا وَلَا وَصَفَهُ وَلَا وَصْفُهُ وَصَفَهُمْ أَنَّهُ أَعْقِلُ خَلْقِ اللَّهِ they were saying that Muhammad is a mad poet. Even though they knew that he is not a poet and that this is not from his characteristics. They knew that but they lied against him saying that you are a mad poet. How are we going to listen to you? And so they refused. And this is from their evil. They didn't just refuse. They didn't just belie him, but they added on top of that more insult by saying that you are a mad poet. So they refused to accept. 
قلت يعني الشيخ الشارح وهذا الصنيع من المشركين الإعراض والترك كما أنه أقبح الأساليب في الصد عن سبيل الله ولهذا كذبهم الحق جل وعلا نعم ونقض قولهم ودحض فريتهم في الآية بعدها بل جاء بالحق وصدق المرسلين Here then the Sheikh says this what the Mushrikeen did in shunning away and leaving the truth it is from the most evil of the methods of blocking from the path of Allah and so because they lied or denied the truth and their statement and their fabrication was nullified their fabrication was nullified they were claiming to follow their forefathers and to stick to that and the prophet ﷺ is a mad poet but all of that was refuted Allah said Rather, he has come with the truth and he has uh, mentioned the truth as the messengers did. قال الحافظ ابن كثير رحمه الله قال الله تعالى تكذيبا لهم وردا عليهم بل جاء بالحق يعني رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم جاء بالحق في جميع شرعة الله تعالى له من الأخبار والطلب وصدق المرسلين أي صدقهم فيما أخبروا عنه من الصفات الحميدة والمناهج السديدة وأخبر عن الله تعالى في شرعه وأمره كما أخبروا ما يقال لك إلا ما قد قيل ما قد قيل للرسل من قبلك So Ibn Kathir رحمه الله تعالى mentions that Allah mentioned in refuting them that the truth has indeed come <coughs> that the Prophet ﷺ has come with the truth in all of the revelation. The Prophet ﷺ has come with the truth in all of the revelation and that he has attested to the information of the previous messengers. He has attested to that because they, the previous messengers, had informed regarding his lofty characteristics and attributes and methodology. And so he came with all of that truth and revelation and guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the final narration here in this chapter and in the whole of this book to conclude is the narration of Abu Musa radiallahu anhu qal مثل ما بعثني الله به من الهدى والعلم كمثل الغيث الكثير صاب أرضا فكان منها نقية قبلت الماء فأنبتت الكلاء والعشب الكثير وكانت منها أجادب أمسكت الماء فنفع بها الله الناس فشربوا وسقوا وزرعوا وأصاب منها طائفة أخرى إنما هي قيعان لا تمسك ماء ولا تنبت كلاء فذلك مثل من فقها في دين الله ونفعه ما بعثني الله به فعلم وعلم ومثل من لم يرفع بذلك رأسا ولم يقبل هدى الله ولم يقبل هدى الله الذي أرسلت به <coughs> In this narration then at the end The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives an example 
gives an example of the guidance that he was sent with and how some people accepted that guidance and that's what we're talking about here acceptance Kabul. and some people they did not accept that guidance and the example given is like when lots of rainfall comes when lots of rainfall comes some ground is moist and it takes that rainfall and the vegetation grows some ground it takes the rainfall but it doesn't really give much back another ground it is dry and solid it doesn't take the rainfall it doesn't collect the rainfall so these are different types of grounds when the rain comes upon it he gave that example with regarding this guidance that when this guidance comes there are those who accept it they take it in and the fruition comes from it and there are those who take it or some at the end who do not accept it and take it so the example is being given like the earth here the shaykh he explains that further وَجْهُ اسْتِدْلَالِ الْمُصَنِّفِ بِهِ يَظْهَرْ مِنْ قَوْلِهِ فَذَلِكَ مَثَلُ مَنْ فَقِهَا فِي دِينِ مِثْلُ مَنْ فَقِهَا فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ وَنَفَعَهُ مَا بَعْثَنِي اللَّهُ بِهِ فَعَلِمَ وَعَلَّمَ وَمَثَلُ مَنْ لَمْ يَرْفَعُ بِذَلِكَ رَأْسًا وَلَمْ يَقْبَلْ هُدَى اللَّهِ الَّذِي أُرْسِلْتُ بِهِ That is the example of the one who learnt the religion So Allah benefited him with what I have been sent with So he learnt it and he taught it Like the earth which is moist and takes the rainfall and it grows He learnt the knowledge, he took it and he taught it And the one, another example of a person who didn't raise his head to that knowledge Didn't care, didn't accept the guidance of what the Prophet ﷺ was sent with Therefore you can say that it is three types Al-Ard in this example Thalathatu anwa' Al-Naw'u al-Awwal min al-Ard Yantafi'u bil-Matar فيحيا بعد أن كان ميتا وينبت وينبت الكلى فتنفع بها الناس فتنتفع بها الناس والدواب وزرع وغيرها. So the first type is a type of earth which accepts the water and it comes back to life after it may have been dry and dead, comes back to life and the vegetation grows and the people and the animals benefit from that. Similarly كذا the first type of people A person who learns that knowledge and takes it in so his heart becomes alive and he acts upon that knowledge and he teaches others same as the earth that takes the water vegetation grows the people the animals benefit a person accepts that knowledge takes it in Teaches others, everybody benefits. The second type of earth is that it doesn't take in the water for itself. It doesn't take it in and grow, but it stores the water like puddles and areas. So at least others can come and benefit from that water. Even though it doesn't take it in and grow itself. وَكَذَا النَّوْعُ الثَّانِي مِنَ النَّاسِ لَهُمْ قُلُوبٌ حَافِظَةٌ لَكِنْ لَيْسَتْ لَهُمْ أَفْهَامٌ ثَاقِبَةٌ وَلَا الرَّسُوخُ لَهُمْ فِي الْعَقْلِ يَسْتَنْبِطُونَ بِهِ الْمَعَانِي وَالْأَحْكَامِ وَلَيْسَ عِنْدَهُمْ إِشْتِهَادٌ فِي الطَّاعَةِ وَالْعَمَلِ بِهِ فَهُمْ يَحْفَظُونَهُ حَتَّى يَأْتِي طَالِبٌ مُحْتَاجٌ مُتَعَطِّشٌ لِمَا عِنْدَهُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ أَهْلٌ 
للنفع والانتفاع فيأخذه منهم فينتفع به فهؤلاء فهؤلاء نفع بما بلغهم Same as that is some people who take in the knowledge but themselves don't have the ability to derive the rulings they don't have the ability to do much with that knowledge but they have that knowledge and so others who come along and learn it from them take it from them they can then benefit from that knowledge at least even if the one who memorized all these things doesn't understand himself Thirdly النوع الثالث من الأرض الصباخ التي لا تنبت ونحوها فهي لا تنتفع بالماء ولا تمسك لينتفع بها غيرها Third type is the earth which doesn't take in water and it doesn't collect the water so there's no benefit for anyone وكذا النوع الثالث من الناس ليست لهم قلوب حافظة ولا أفهام واعية فإذا سمعوا العلم لا ينتفعون به ولا يحفظونه لنفع غيرهم So there are some types of people who don't learn the knowledge they don't take in that knowledge they don't memorize it so they neither benefit and neither can anybody else come and benefit from them. So in this example, we are being taught to be like the first type to accept that knowledge, to accept the shahada, the tawheed and learn it. And we benefit from that and others benefit from us also. So this is where this particular book, it concludes. هَذَا مَا يَسَّرَ اللَّهُ جَمْعَهُ وَتَحْرِيرَهُ مِنْ الشَّرْحِ الْمُخْتَصَرِ عَلَىٰ أَدِلَّةِ شُرُوطِ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ this is what has been compiled from the explanation of a Sheikh Ubaid on this particular book, the uh, evidences for the conditions of La ilaha illallah. So now your booklets should be complete with the notes. And that's where we'll conclude today. And inshallah ta'ala next week we'll start with a new set of lessons. A new set of lessons from next week inshallah. And the final decision will be made soon regarding what that new set of lessons is going to be about. Maybe about the Day of Judgment and what's going to happen. Maybe some of those topics, inshallah, the brothers will decide this week and then start that next week uh, at about the same time roughly, inshallah.